Amen. Well, let's, let's slip over into the Word this morning. Let's go and look at some things. Let's begin in uh, John chapter 1. Hallelujah. Can you shout just a little bit when we break the Word open? Which, you know, we haven't hardly broke it open this morning, but uh, in the sense of starting, we've already been there. I heard that we already had a holy move of the Holy Ghost in prayer this morning. Hallelujah. And then what Colin shared was so awesome in, in, in the offering. Why, we could have more church in the offering around here than some churches ever get off the ground all week. Hallelujah. And then the surplus offering. Many of y'all have not caught by revelation what the surplus offering is all about. You know, you, you, I don't know if you think it's a scam or if it's a deal or if it's a project or whatever. It is a tool that's in the toolbox. And you know, there's just lots of things that are in the toolbox. I remember when they came out with, with ratchets. That's just so much better than a boxed-in wrench, you know, if you know what I mean. Just, you can sit there and just work that, that thing in versus a boxed-in. You just got to work it, you know. And it was just a better tool. Well, this offering is just a better tool to get you over there. But if you want to bust your knuckles with a boxed-in and just say, I don't believe in that, well, just, you know, go right along. But one day the light will come on and you'll see. I said, you'll see. It's, it's, there's a number of things. Just coming to church is a revelation for some people. Just coming to church is just a big deal. Well, I can't decide. But yeah, I guess we could. Hallelujah. Well, you know, we talked last week just uh, briefly about what we're doing right now on Sunday morning for a season. Talking about, uh, we talked actually about um, um, my, my good friend, Pastor Eric West, and that his son Taylor went to basic training at Paris Island. And the, the, pro, the, the, the reason that, that he's going to basic training versus just handing him a gun and a uniform is that um, every young man and every young woman that shows up for the military has a has a idea about themselves? I'm a great star. I'm a intelligent person. I'm the I, I'm I'm who you've been looking for. Or they've been like I'm a worm and no good. My mama told me I'd never mount anything. They all have all different ideas. But when they go to basic, they get their ideas of who they are. They get those completely broke down, disassembled thrown in a box somewhere, and then they put a new image of who they are. They, they put a team thing in them so that when it becomes imperative for them to act a certain way, they have already been trained till a second nature has come on where they act for the team. Well, that's what's got to happen in church. You got born again. You got inducted into the military, the, the army of the Lord, and most Christians just like, well, here I am, and I'm something special. I can come and go as I please. I can think what I want. I can, I, I can have authority or not. They just have this idea of what church is or isn't, and uh, it's crazy. So when the body, the team, the, the, the army wants to go and make an assault, well, everybody, some of them's got a, 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 a slingshot. Some of them's got a BB gun. Some of them's got a spitball. You know, they, they don't know what they got, don't know who they are. And, and, you know, as far as coming under authority, I don't think so. We're not going to let anybody lead us, you know. I'm free. And so you got this thing. We need to go back to find out what we, what we must know in order to be effective in the kingdom. And so we're just going to go through some basics. And I, the truth is, and you got to get this, this is all you can know about who you are and what you can do. You, we have to break you down. We all have to be broke down about your ideas, about you being hot on a stick, about your IQ, or about your giftings, or about what you're called to, Mr. Evangelist, Miss Apostle, or Miss, uh, you know, whoever you come in this door. We have them fill out cards with all sorts of little signs and wonders in front of their name. And, you know, all that stuff's got to be broke down. 
You are nobody in Jesus except what he has made you. And this is all you know. This is all you can know about what you, who you are and what you can do and what your call is. Could I have a little better amen? Just a little mumble of some kind. Hallelujah. We can know nothing about anything. And therefore, when we read the scriptures, we have to say, this is who I am and this is what I can do. And we're going to go through some pretty provocative things in the Word of God about what has happened to you at the new birth. Now, religion doesn't like any of it. Religion says we're just a worm. We're just an old sinner saved by grace. We're just, uh, we're supposed to, Jesus is the only one that ever had anything and can do anything. And, uh, but that's not what the Word says. As he is, so are we in this world. Well, that's just, I don't believe that. Well, then, you know, you need to go home. Because you, you, that's what the Word says, and that's what's truth. That is life as it is. So that's what we're doing. The Bible says in, sec, in 1 Corinthians 6, it says, Ye are not your own, ye are bought with a price. And so that's, that's what we're learning in basic training is, I am not my own, I am bought with a price. So the Lord's not looking for you for who you were when you came into the kingdom. He's looking for who you are once you've come into the kingdom. You are a new creation in Christ. And he needs what he has put in you and I. He needs that, not who you were and not what you think you can do. Well, I couldn't speak or I couldn't pray and I don't know how to believe God. And I couldn't do, we don't need any of that. We, we got to find out who we are in him, what we can do in him and what we're called to do in him. And that's all we know. We don't know anything else. Therefore, I can cast out devils. Did y'all know that demons are afraid of me and you? Well, I'm afraid of them. No, you're not. The Bible says they're afraid of you. Hallelujah. The Bible says you've been made rich. Well, I don't think so. Well, you, 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 you're, you're fouled up. That's who you were. You're, you're, you're talking about somebody else. But who you are now, you're rich. Say, I'm rich. The Bible says you're totally healed. Well, Mama, you know, Mama said we're always going to have to deal with this. And this, that, and the other. Well, it doesn't matter. You've been made healed and made whole and made healthy. And so we got to come to a consensus in your life that, that you have to come there individually and find out who you are in him, what he did for you at the cross, and what was imparted at the new birth. And then we have to take that corporately, and we have to come under the banner of the Word of God and the, and the Lordship of, of the Lord Jesus. We have to come under that corporately, and we have to say, I'm not my own. I'm submitted to Him in this life that He's given me to live on this earth. And it's all going to change at the rapture. It's all going to change when we go to heaven. It'll all change again in a sense of who you are and what's going to be expected. And, you know, it'll all be turned again. We'll not be in these bodies anymore. Then the millennial reign will come. We'll live, be down here for a thousand years. It'll take on another aspect. But what difference does it make? We're all submitted to him. We're all under him. We're all just going to do what he's called me to do, and we're going to stay within the sphere of what we're equipped to do and the gifting that's been given to us, the, the life that's, uh, that's upon us. We're going to stay within those parameters, and we're going to live a fruitful and a bountiful life because that's what works, and nothing else works. This world doesn't work. How old do you have to be before you figure out this life is a mess? How old do you have to be? What do you have to go through to figure out that nothing works in this system? And how, how wise do you have to be to figure out that everything works in this system every time? I mean, it's just like not black and white, dark, and, and, and it's, just, it's just so obvious. It's not even close. 
And yet people are saying, I, I'm confused. I don't know if the Bible is true. My, my, my. First John, John chapter 1. Look what it says, and, we, we, and we'll just spend a little time here talking about why Jesus came to the earth. And this is something we've got to know, because, because religion didn't tell us why Jesus came to the earth. Help me. But we can find out from the Word, because it tells us why Jesus came to the earth. It says in verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Well, let's go up to verse 1. Let's just start. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him, Him the Word, was life, and the life was the light of men. So here it says that in Him was life. That word life in the Greek is the word zoe. And we'll talk about what that means, but we see scripturally here that in the Word was life. Got that? We know that, that the Word, Jesus becoming the Word, verse 14 says the Word was made flesh, so we see the incarnation. We see where, where the Word became flesh and took on a body, but the Word had life. Now turn to chapter 5, verse 26. We have to know these things. You have to know what the source is. Of, of, of your life, because when you hit trouble, when you hit, when you, and you will hit trouble, there will be pressure on your life. You've got to know what's available. You've got to know, you know, it's kind of like a red light. You're, you're, you're uh, 150 feet away, and the light changes. You've got to know whether to hit the brakes, or you've got to know whether to hit the gas. It's a judgment there, and it has to be done just so quickly. And I can tell you, a lot of people don't make the right judgment. <laughs> I love. I would love to have that red light thing, but that's just my personal thing. But here it says in chapter five, just just taking the word of God verbatim. It says in verse twenty six, for as the Father has hath life, say Zoe. So as the Father hath Zoe in Himself, so hath He given to the Son. To have Zoe in himself. So now we see that from chapter 1, that not only does the Son or the Word have life, that he got that from Father. That what Jesus had that made him all that he was came from Father. Is that what you see in there? It, let's read it again. For as the Father hath Zoe in himself, it's in himself. So hath he given to the Son to have Zoe in himself. So that tells us now we know that Father has Zoe. He has this life. The Son has this life. Why did you come, Jesus? Chapter 10. Why did you come to the earth? Why did you become, take on flesh? Why did you become incarnate? Why did you be, be born of a virgin? Why? Well, everybody knows it's to forgive us of our sins. Is that right? Well, absolutely, that's in the process. That's one part of the process, but that's not why he came. We'll let the Lord Jesus tell us in his own words why he came. In verse 10, it says that the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And here it is. The Lord himself tells us why he came. He says, I am come that they might have zoe, and that they might have it zoe more abundantly, or exceedingly above 
or in a superior form. So Jesus tells us why he came. He says, I've come to bring to man what was brought to me. I am the conveyance. I am the vehicle. I am the way that God designed it to come into men that this, this life, this, this thing that makes God God, how is he going to get it to men? He said, I'm going to come to the earth. I'm going to be born of a virgin. I'm going to come into the scene, and it's going to be imparted at the new birth, this life that God has. Now, that's pretty powerful, y'all. Did you know that 98% of all people do not know that, that what we just shared? It's, we're sending them out and saying, shoot the enemy and come back alive if you can. But we give you no training. We give you no facts. We're going we're gonna to fill you with comic books. P- fill up your backpack with comic books and Kool-Aid and just do the best you can. And you know they hadn't done that well. So we need to tell people why Jesus came. Now, in the giving of life, sins were forgiven. It's a part of the process. It's a, it's a link in the chain. It's a part of what had to happen. But just to be forgiven, y'all, just gives you a forgiven sinner. If, if you forgive a sinner, you still just have a sinner. He's forgiven, but sinners will just go out the next day and sin. So you can't just have a forgiven sinner. You can't just forgive people and say, Woo, that's, 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 that's the way it's supposed to work. Look in chapter 15. We don't, we're not going to go long this morning, but we're going to put some things in. Chapter 15, look what the Lord himself said about this process in verse 5. Well, let's look in verse 4 just to make it clear. He said, abide in me and I in you. So we could go there. As the branch. So now he's, he's giving us a parable, a parallel, a, a parody here. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Now, just stop there for a second. Think about it. If you look at a tree that's going to have something to bear, you know that the branch, this is true is what I'm saying, cannot bear of itself. You can't cut the branch off and bring it in the house and say, we're going to have apricots this fall. Woo, they look good. It says the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. But, so he goes on, except it abide in the vine or the trunk. We go, yeah, that's right, Lord. We, we, we know that. It, it's got to be attached to the trunk. No more can ye except ye abide in me. So there's a parallel we can all get our faith around. Then he said, I am the vine. So he, he breaks it down to saying, here's what you understand naturally. The heathens understand it. Everybody gets this in biology about branches and vines and fruit. And then he says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now here it is, for without me ye can do nothing. So this life that's, that was in the Father, that was imparted to the Word, who then became flesh, and he said, now I've come to impart that same exact life, that zoe, that absolute life, that what makes God God, what he is, I'm the conduit, I'm the, I'm the way to convey that. I am the vine and you are the branch and the end of it is going to be fruit. It's going to come from Zoe out of the Father into the Son, into the branch, into the believer and the result is, is you're going to bear fruit. What is fruit? Well, fruit is wonderful. Fruit is the, the ability to, to plant again. It's got the seed in it. It's got, the fruit is the end of all things. 
He said the end of all things is going to start with the Zoe life and father coming through the son. Can't come through Buddha. Can't come through Mohammed. Can't come through, you know, all those other guys or whatever. It's got to come through the, the vine. He said, you can't do anything without me. Well, that comes back to being bought with a price and not our own. So here we are. We're completely and absolutely dependent upon him for all things that bear fruit. And if you separate from the vine, the brand, the vine and say, I'm my own self, I don't have to do this, I don't have to go to church, I don't have to read the word, I don't have to believe God for anything, fine, you're a, you're a dead branch. And we can recognize a branch. You'll still look like a branch, but you won't bear fruit. And I believe we've borne that out. People that, that they got a power, but they, that, I mean, excuse me, they deny the power, and, and there's nothing there. They have a form of it. They look like a branch, but they're not a branch. Amen? So, uh, in uh, this, go back to chapter 5 here, in verse 26, in one translation, where it says there, um, that as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. The Ruiz uh, translation says, For as the Father, being as he is, the source of Zoe, hath made the Son now the source of Zoe. So Jesus is the source. Well, you know, we just thought we just had him hanging on a cross in church, and that's, you know, that's, that's Jesus. Or Jesus come into my heart. Well, no, he's much more than that. He's more than historical. He's much more than just, you know, something that you have an event with. Well, yeah, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 12. And, you know, since then, this, that, and the other. No, he's the continual source. There's an influx and, an in and a flow, a river that continually comes from that moment forth that you draw life from him. And any time you draw away from him, the life dries up. The zoe is over. And you begin to dry up and shrivel up, and there's no fruit. You, you have, have you ever been backslid? Don't raise your hand. You know, don't, don't do that. But, you know, you ever been to where you look back and you said, that was a dry time for me? Well, it was always a time you could look back that said that you withdrew from the Lord. You got involved with the world. You got involved in things that were about you. And then you were always glad to come back because you could feel that life pumping back into you. And there was peace. And there was, there was uh, understanding. And there was the confusion left. And love began to flow. All the things that are in Zoe, the life of God, you begin to feel those because you came back and were tapped back in. Hallelujah. Um, in John chapter 1, verse where it says, In Him was life, it says that... Uh, well, let's just go back there in chapter 1, verse 5. In verse 4 it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's important. And the light shineth in darkness. And here it's got a strange thing in the King James. It says, The darkness comprehendeth not. Well, that sounds like darkness was sitting there scratching its head. But, but if you look at other translation, it talks about in the RSV, darkness has never overcome it. Now, that's another little parallel we understand, naturally speaking. No matter how dark it is, and I've been in Mammoth Cave, I've been in Carlsbad Caverns, I've been in caverns in Tucson, you know, and when they turn the light out, it is the darkest dark there is. It is, it is slice it dark. And there is nothing that can be seen. It's so dark. But no matter how small the park ranger's little big thing that he clicked, the darkness ran. You could see across the whole room. 
from that little bitty Zippo lighter or whatever he was carrying. You could see across the whole room. You could look. and you, not, not brightly, but you could see. And you could look. And always the darkness fled from the light. And that's what that Zoe does. It says here in verse 4 that in him was life and the light and the life, the Zoe, was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness. And it says in that translation that the darkness has never overcome it. Or the Taylor, the the, uh, version says the darkness can never extinguish it. So here's the fact that if the devil could ever, if he could put your light out, you would have never been born again. He would have kept you from getting in the light, being born again. But he couldn't stop it. There was darkness in you and I. When you were not born again, when you were a sinner, say, I was a sinner, and darkness was over me. That's true. You were, you were totally dark. You, the, the park ranger, had you were down in the bottom of the earth, and they turned out the light, and that was a picture of you and me before being born again. Well, no, brother, I was enlightened. I was smart. I had a degree, and mama was this, and, you know, no, you were dark. No. Well, we, we cooked for the church people, and, you know, we, we went, no, you were totally dark until he came in. But the darkness couldn't extinguish it. So if the devil could put your light out, he would have already done it. And I'm telling you, he is a defeated foe. He can't stop it. He can't stop what the Lord's put in you, and you and I need to be that that branch that pulls on the vine and say, let's bear some fruit, Lord. Did y'all know the the Word tells us that the Lord doesn't bear fruit, that the vine doesn't bear fruit? It's got to come off the branch. You're exclusive. You're special. Because in the earth, the uh, the vine does not bear fruit. Come on. You go out to a trunk of a tree, you don't see it on the trunk. It's got to be out there on a little bitty limb, a little bitty branch. That's where the fruit is. That's who you, you and I are. The Lord doesn't say, you know, if y'all don't want to do it, I'll do it without you. He can't do it without you. He's got to send the He's got to get the life from the Father, and then He's got to bring it to you, and you bear the fruit in the earth. But He can't do it. Well, the Lord can do anything. He can't bear fruit. He can't do it without you. But you can't do it without Him. So we're mutually and inextricably, we're intertwined and, and codependent on one another. He can't bear fruit without us, and we can't bear fruit without him. So we have to stay tight. We have to be in unity. The Word tells us that what happened at the new birth is that you came into union with the Son to the same degree and measure that he's in, he's in union with the Father. Why, that's such a great union that we call it the Trinity. We have theological discussions about how he can be three in one, Father, Word, Holy Ghost, and that they're so in agreement and so unable to be distinguished from. Their personalities are actually just aspects or, or uh, um, parts of the one. Well, that's what happened to you and I at the new birth. Why, we can even understand it a little bit when you get married. The Bible says you become one flesh, that you actually, the two, the Word says, become one. And this is a natural thing, a physical thing, a carnal thing. And there's still two distinct personalities. But exactly that thing happened at the new birth. You and Jesus became one. And you can't unscramble eggs, and <laughs> and we are... He is in you, and you are in him. But you can cooperate. Lucifer rebelled. You know, he had a deal going. He was the number one creation. The number one thing that God did was Lucifer. And it had an exalted position called the anointed cherub that 
covereth. And yet he decided to break rank. Well, you can break rank, but you won't do anything with your life if you do. You'll go off like the prodigal thinking, you know, dad is a lot, is real stuffy, and that older brother is a pain in the neck, and he was. But you know, you can't get far from the father and have anything going for your life. Amen? So if darkness could extinguish you, it would have done it at the new birth. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and we'll quit right after this. But we've got this thing that where we've detached, what Debbie was talking about, detached prosperity. We've detached it over here and said, let's get us some prosperity scriptures. Or let, we've had sickness and health over here, and let's say, okay, I, I don't feel good. Let's get the health of the thing of God. And we've had a hard trying, time trying to get healed from the Lord or to get prosperous from the Lord. But here's how it really happened. You've got to know this. They, they, when you go to basic training, now I have not been, but I, you know, I've watched lots of shows because my folks were military and we watched everything that was military. Uh, uh, but the, they tell me that you have to take your rifle and you have to be able to take it apart and put it together blindfolded. You have to be, you know, put one foot behind your back and, you know, one in your ear and you have to be able to take that gun apart and put it back together because you'll be in a situation, a circumstance where it, where it jams or locks up or whatever and you can't just have it out there on a nice clean cloth and, and you know, have all... You've got to be able to do it at all things. Well, that's the way you and I have to be about the Word of God. But here's what happened. We, we got to know, we got to know this Word. What happened was is that God didn't come and say, well, I'm going to heal my people or I'm going to prosper my people, what he said was, is I'm going to put Zoe in them. And whatever is in Zoe is what they're going to have to live off of. There's nothing external that you're going to need to live off of. This world has nothing you need for the spirit man to live off of. Come on, y'all. Help me just a little bit. But what he did is he said that Zoe is enough. Well, father's living off of it. Son's living off of it. And so when you, when you have Zoe in you and you acknowledge it, you have to, it's dormant inside of you. When you get born again, you don't know come on from Sikkim. You don't know up from down. You don't know if you're a cat or a dog in the spirit. You don't know anything. So you got to go to the word and find out because how you feel might not be telling the truth. You might feel like you're on top of the world, but in a week later, somebody didn't speak to you, or the preacher walked right by you, or whatever, and you don't feel like you're even saved. I've been in churches where they tried to get saved every week because they, you know, they were out in the world all week. And so you got to know what's going on. Well, what went on is Zoe went inside of you, but it's dormant. It has to be stirred up. It has to be stirred up by the Word of God. What Word? Not the begats. Not the, numer not the numbers scriptures, not Deuteronomy. It's got to be stirred up about who you are in Christ. You've got to find out. You've got to, like, a, like if, if someone calls you and says, I put some money in your account, call the bank. Well, you're going, well, which account and how much and everything? You call the bank and they'll tell you everything about your accounts. Well, he put in this much here and this is in savings and this is in a passbook and over here. And you've got to find out. Well, you've got to find out in here what went on at the great transaction. Well, what went on is that he put Zoe in you. He didn't put healing in you. He put Zoe inside of you. And when you begin to read that and says, by his stripes, ye were healed. Well, when's were? At the transaction. Jesus hung on the cross in order to make the deposit so that it would be a legal move for God to make a deposit in you at the new birth so that you could even receive Jesus. Receive this Zoe. So you, you've got the life 
and the nature and the ability and the supply of Almighty God. I'm talking about big G. <laughs> Almighty God. The one that every name in back here, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Yahweh, uh, 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 Rapha, you got all the big G God. You got him inside of you in full measure. Because as the Father hath life, so he hath given for the Son to have life. And Jesus said, well, I've got the life. He said, I have come that they might have the life. Well, are you going to give us a little dab, Lord, a little, just a little dab? He said, no, I've come that they might have it to the overflow so that as much as they could hold, it's to the brim and running over. So what is a little cancer? Listen to me. On your body, if you've got the life and nature and ability of Almighty God on the inside, what is a little stomach trouble? What is a little infection? What is a little, a little whatever when you've got that on the inside? Well, you have to know it's on the inside. You've got to go back to the account and say, well, you know, I want to write checks. Well, don't write it on this account, but write it on this account. This, this account's got lots of money in it. Write it on this account. So we can't write it on the works account. We have to write it on the Zoe account. By his stripes, I was healed. He, hath made, he became poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. Write it on that account. <laughs> Well, I'd just rather work for my stuff. Well, there's nothing in that account. So, healing is not something you get from God. Healing, you weren't, Jesus didn't heal you. He made a deposit of Zoe in you at the new birth. And that Zoe bubbling up, that Zoe rising up, that Zoe, that life of God, if it's activated by the Word of God, will begin to work from the inward man, down here where you received it, to the outward man where you need it. But you've got to stir it up. If they tell you that healing passed away, that God doesn't heal, he, he, he even puts sickness on you. You won't have any activation going on. If you call the bank and say, I've called the check on my account. Uncle Billy said that, that, you know, he put a bunch in there. You must have the wrong bank. We don't know any Uncle Billy, and you don't have an account here. So if your church you raised up and they told you healing's passed away with the last apostle, you're, not, you're going to get misinformation. You're going to get an opinion. You're going to get somebody's experience. Well, you know, we tried that stuff. We laid hands on folks and nothing happened, just like we thought. We didn't think nothing would happen, and it didn't, so we we're sure now it passed away. Well, if you go by that versus this, then you're going to cut off that Zoe. It's not going to have any opportunity to work into your mortal body. If that giving stuff passed away, well, that's just, we just give enough to, you know, we, we, there's rich people in our church. We don't need to give. Don't, don't make the little people give. Don't make the people that are widows and the, and the single moms give. They're big dogs. You businessmen, you give and support this church because the rest of it, we, we just can't afford it. If you hear that kind of lie, then you won't activate prosperity. And so the single moms are always going to be needy, and the widows are always going to be needy, and the and, and only ones that are going to have anything are the ones that already have something that are giving. So you got to get the word out, and you got to activate. He, be, he was made poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. you got to activate that zoe, that life that rises up, starts working up inside of you saying, yes. He made me rich. He made me supplied. He made me able. 
It's in me already. I'm not asking God to send me money. Lord, please send some money. It's, it's not out there. It's in me. And when I, when I activate it, then, like Debbie was saying, then my faith reaches out there and I begin to speak by that Zoe life. I begin to speak into the realm of the unseen and begin to, that bridge then draws it and conveys it back to me. It's already here. And the Lord is so cool. He causes poor people, uh, excuse me, evil people, sinners. The Bible says he causes them to, to convert it from natural things to things that are usable. In other words, there's gold and silver and coal and, and it's all in the earth in natural form. In other words, the Lord didn't create the earth with factories and gold bullion. So he had to have somebody go out there and convert it. Well, he just went ahead of the process and went and had them convert it into things that we can use. The technology that we use concerning uh, DVD and CD and, and just light fixtures, most of the Christians didn't create that. The heathen did. But when we came along with our faith, we just said, we have need of that. And it's already converted. It's already made where we can send the gospel forth. So it's already made. So the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is stored up. Well, it's over there in that seen realm. It's over in that seen realm. Well, we need it, but it's not in our realm. That money is not in our account. We need it in our account. So we go to the unseen realm, the realm of the word. And we begin to say, hallelujah, Lord, I believe I receive supply. I believe I receive provision. So I stir up, I activate. How do I do it? I go to the Word of God that tells me who I am and what I have. I'm rich. Well, if my account doesn't say I'm rich, I've got to go to the seen realm with my faith in the unseen realm, and I've got to make a, make a transaction. So I do. I give, and I speak over that seed, and I say, you are a seed, and you'll come back to me bountifully, and you'll come back in full measure, and you'll come back nothing lacking, nothing needful. And so it does. Well, where does it come from? Well, these people that have stored up and piled up, they can't hold on to it. You know, it's real dangerous if you're in, in a war, in a, in a nation that's at war, what to do with your wealth. If you're a wealthy person, how do you hide it? I mean, do you have it in a bank? Well, the bank's being bombed or the system's collapsing. Do you, do you put it in gold bullion? Well, where do you hide it? Because if anybody takes it from you, possessing it is the, is the law of, I mean, you know, having it is the, is the law of possession. So whoever who's got the gold owns the gold. So what, how, do you, how do you do that? You, you know, it's, it's hard for rich people in strife-filled atmospheres to hold on, to have money. We trust banks now because there's a system of laws. Well, they can't do it. The wealthy can't do it. They're in a dark economy. And so they make money, but they can't hold on to it. The stock market crashes or gold goes down or their, you know, their widgets, don't, no, nobody needs them anymore. So they, they are always having to work, work, work to keep their money kind of in a, in a pile. But you and I, we have a safe deposit box that this world economy can't touch. So we just give and it's stored in a place that war and strife and economies can't touch it. And that we can, we can go in at demand. The Lord says, I want you to take care of this. Well, then you just release your faith and say, Lord, I believe I receive. And that's how the economy of the system of God works. You go, well, it sounds too materialistic. Listen, God is a God of order. He's a God of systems. You want to know how it works? You can. If you don't want to know, you can just take the word and believe. It doesn't matter. Some people got to know. Well, now, how does this work? Well, here, we can show you. It's not wooey-wooey. 
But the fact is, is you got Zoe life down inside of you. And it is a dynamo. It is nuclear. It's beyond the power of this world. And you just have to know it's there. I said you have to know it's there. Well, I don't feel it. Well, you can't know by feeling. You can't, you, you know, you, right now, you, 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 make, you can't really know how much money. If, if someone said, I've wired you some money. And you go, well, I, I don't know how much money it is. You don't know whether to feel rich or to feel like it was $10. You know, you get there, and, and, and Uncle Jack's a big jokester, and he, he wired you $10. What does that help? But then, you, you know, Uncle Leroy, he, 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 he wired you $10 million. But until you know, you don't know whether to feel rich or to feel like, don't write the check is what I'm saying. Don't write the check until you know. Well, you can't write the check until you know in the Spirit. And the only way you can know is to go to this Word and say, Whoo, I have come that you might have zoe. Vines calls that zoe absolute life. Life as God lives it. Life at 100%. There is no death in it. So, this zoe is anti-darkness. It's light. But it's also anti-sin. It's totally holy. So inside of you, you're totally holy. You're perfect on the inside. Say, down here... I've got it. You're, you're perfect on the inside. It doesn't matter what you thought or whatever yesterday. You're perfect on the inside. It's totally healed. It's anti-sickness. This Zoe is the same thing that operates in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no sickness in Zoe, which is inside of you. It is totally anti-lack. There is nothing that says, let's save for a rainy day in this Zoe. So you're rich on the inside, not because God just made you rich, but he put Zoe in you, which is already So do you want to know how it works? That's how it works. Or do you just want to say, bless God, I'm rich? It doesn't matter. We can show you the process, or you can just say, well, the Word says it. That's all I need to know. But that's how it works. Well, some people say, well, I don't believe that stuff that you Christians believe, you know, whatever. Well, that you, once you show them how it works, they go, oh, there's a system. And that's how it works. And that's how it works. Let's stand up this morning. You have been special today. We've had a good time today. Praise His name. Amen.